Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good afternoon. It's across the room of us, and I can't remember what episode. I think it's episode 32. 32. It's a special 32, yeah. It's a special episode tonight, Thursday evening. We're normally not here, but we were just so happy about Roma's performance tonight that we decided to, to add in another one here. So we're going to recap Roma Braga very briefly and maybe even give a, a little look to the weekend and to our Europa League chances in the round of 16. But uh, first, just to recap tonight's 3-1 victory, Roma were already heavily favoured to advance even before they racked up the 2-0 aggregate lead that they got heading into tonight's kickoff. But uh, just to, to seal the deal even further, Edin Dzeko scored the opener in the first half uh, after getting on the rebound of a, a beautiful SES curling shot that he hit with the in, inside of his uh, right foot onto the far post. Um, Edin Dzeko sweeping up the rebound, 1-0 Roma, and then later on in the half, Pedro hit the bar, but that was it going into half time. Then the second half kicked off, and Roma were a little bit more their usual selves, letting the opponents have more of the ball this time, where, but uh, it still counted for nothing for Braga because Roma went up the other end, won a penalty that Lorenzo Pellegrini missed. We'll talk about that more later on, but it was really one to forget. And Carlos Perez and Borja Meral both scored either side of a Brian Cristante own goal. So that made for a 3-1 victory on the night. Um, one that saw Edin Dzeko become Roma's record goal scorer in Europe with 29 goals, uh, not including many goals that he scored in the qualifying rounds, but in, in Europe proper. He's now the record holder. Makes no difference. He's the record holder either way. He surpassed Francesco Totti's old record of 28 goals. Uh, Roma nearly matched Braga in possession throughout this game, but they seeded a lot of the ball in the second half. So by the end of 90 minutes and, and stoppage time, uh, the possession more or less leveled out to Roma 49%, Braga 51 That was a very different story from the first leg. And uh, Roma's 446 passes compared to Braga's 558. So the Portuguese team still shaded the passing by, by full time. And Roma with 615 touches of the ball, Came once again second to Braga's 708 touches of the ball. But again, a minor distance, a very different story from the first leg. Uh, we'll get into it more in just a minute. Uh, but more spectacularly, none of Roma's back seven in this 3-4-2-1 formation were ever dispossessed of the ball in this, in this game. Apart from uh, Gonzalo Villar and Lorenzo Pellegrini, 
but that's pretty spectacular over 19 minutes. And that tells you really the story of this, of the second leg. Uh, 45% of the play happened in the middle of the third of the pitch over 90 minutes. 29% of it was in Roma's defensive third and 26% of it in Braga's. But Roma with a conversion rate of 25%. You know, they made the most of uh, what time they got in Braga's end of the pitch. Um, so, Steve, sorry, I, I haven't actually had time to, to throw it to you this, this, this uh, episode so far, but... Um, what what do you make of Roma's result tonight? Just on a on a quick first, you know, glance of telling me how how you feel after this win. Yeah, I feel good. Uh, I'll I'll put it out there for the listeners up front, you know, so in case I I missed anything important, I did miss the first forty minutes because I was working. I was able to throw it on around the fortieth minute, but you know, I, I kept an eye on the you know scoreboard, so to speak, for the first little bit and. And just looking at the tweets and seeing the way the match played out, you'd have to be, you know, happy with the professional manner in which Roma handled the two nothing lead going into the the home leg, and you know, finding that goal within the first twenty five or so minutes, and really controlling possession in that first half, uh, and not really ceding possession until they were in a secure place. So I I have to be happy with it. I have to say I think Fonseca men just matched very well considering the turnover, the injuries. Um, you couldn't ask for much more. And, you know, the only goal we conceded in two legs was, was an own goal. So not, not too shabby. Yeah. Like you said, yeah, the, the personnel management and the like, rotating the squad was, they really made Roman's football shine because you have cast open and Zola both playing center back at various points in this match. So um, that really kind of illustrates how simple uh, Fonseca's football can be mm -hmm. where if you just hold onto the ball, you look like a good defender. Um, but moving on like a little bit further up the pitch to the Roma's midfield. I, I don't know how much of a chance you got to see of Diwara and, and Villar and then later on Diwara Pellegrini in this game. But uh, but before the game, me and you spoke about whether Roma should go for the early goal or try for possession and, and really try and out Braga Braga and uh, frustrate them by not letting them have the ball. In the first half, which I, I know you missed a lot of it, um, Roma really, really passed it around Braga, less so in the second half. But um, we saw Diwara Villar, we, we both wanted to see as our midfield combo. But what I noticed was um, uh, Diwara Villar hasn't really done much to change the Roma's, like how they, they leave holes and gaps when they move up and up and down the pitch as a team. They, they still haven't really grasped that, like moving together as, as mm -hmm. 11 men and not leaving gaps. Um, I often saw that Roma's back, uh, you know, back lines, the, the, the last two lines of defense were often collapsing onto each other. So, do, does this Roma midfield, I mean, defense is looking great because even Carlos Dopenzo can step into it. But Roma's midfield, do, do they have a midfield that really convinces as a unit or is it just a, a Roma team with a lot of individuals? Yeah, so I, I mean, in that regard, the way you mentioned and the way you, you described it and from what I saw, yeah. And we see that on a week-to-week -week basis that they do leave those gaps and, and that sometimes leads to those goal-scoring chances that they give up. Um, it didn't bite them tonight, so to speak, because they didn't give anything up in the first half. But... Um, you know, you expect the DOR VR combination when that, when that combination is run out on the pitch to kind of dictate possession. And it seems like Rum was able to do that pretty well, pass the ball around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it is a bit concerning that they do, you know, collapse onto each other, like you said, and, and leave those gaps for opponents and not really move as a unit, because I think that's the one area where Roma is going to have to improve besides, you know, on the offensive end, breaking down tightly packed defenses too. Those are the two areas we've, we've noticed throughout the year. It's kind of a, a running theme where they're going to have to improve because a better team could take advantage of those gaps and, and maybe find the opening when they have the, the chance. And, you know, someone who's more of a, 
maybe if they run into United later on in the tournament or an Arsenal or someone like that with, <laughs> with uh, big, bigger time players, so to speak, might be able to take advantage of that. So I think that's something that's going to have to be worked on because, you know, when you look at the lineup and, and the defense wasn't an issue, even though it was a bit makeshift, you expect DOR to kind of help in that area. And if they're still doing that with DOR and Vertu on the pitch and VR, it, it is a little concerning because, you know, you have DOR, who's probably the most defensive of all our midfielders there. Yeah. No, no interceptions tonight from him, but you, you just gave me shivers down my spine mentioning a potential round of uh, 16 with <laughs> Arsenal and Man United. I, I don't know what to make of that so far. Um, yeah, I, I well, what do we make of, uh, no, but wider than just Dubai Real, what do we make of uh, Roma making this a possession game for at least, at least the 30, first 45? I mean, you know, me and you, we both got what we wanted at, at the beginning of this game. We got Roma getting the early goal, which you wanted. Uh, going 3-0 up on the night at the time and then uh, 5-1 by full time, uh, but also passing around Braga. So that, does Roma taking this approach solve any problems moving, moving into the, you know, the business end of the season? Will, will this be used later in the season uh, in Serie A? I think it was a, a smart approach, especially in a two-legged matchup where you have that 2-0 advantage and you go home and you, know, uh, you can choose how you want to play the match because you have the advantage and to dictate play, I think was, was good on Fonseca's part. Um, you know, I guess they had to stick with a three-man back line really with Cristante there. It's kind of hard to play two center backs necessarily with really one true center back. Um, yeah. And the way they, they played it out worked out fine. Um, because when I saw the list of players you know, just on a list on Twitter about an hour before the match, how it was, you know, who was starting. I kind of thought it was going to be more of a four, three, two, one. Uh, it turned mm. out that they still kind of stuck to that three, but you know, in that sense, it worked. So I like the approach. Um, I think it gives Roma more options going forward. It shows that they can do this when they want to. Um, I don't know if they'll, they yeah. would do it in, in the league so much because we see like against bigger opponents, they do like to seed possession and try to, um, you know, attack on the counter attack. Um, mm. we saw how that worked against Juve when, you know, Juve forced them into possession. So it could be an option maybe against a Juve or a team that, you know, decides, you know what, let's sit back. Let's let Roma try to break down. Maybe you go with a DOR in a match like that. Someone who with VR can pass the ball around and you try to exploit some openings. Um, yep. maybe an El Shirari gives you another option to break down those defenses that we didn't have earlier in the season. You know, he can kind of create a shot on That's his true. own. Um, That's so true, I, yeah. I think, I think Roma has some more options. It's good to see that El Shirari was able to play 60 pretty solid minutes from what I saw um, had yeah. the, the shot that hit the bar. He also set up the Pedro shot that hit the the bar. So I think there was yeah. definitely some improvements there. Um, I think the more you can do, the more looks you can give teams, the, the more dangerous you become. Yeah. And it's a good thing you're mentioning Aswarati because we need Brent motivated to mix down this episode afterwards. Um, <laughs> so we know, we know, and he mentions that ICS and he's on it. Um <laughs> Uh, sticking to that end of the pitch uh, uh, with strikers, what about Boarmeral? Now, now he's at uh, 170 minutes, 17, 117 minutes per goal, uh, so having seen more minutes lately than he was earlier in the season. Um, this is purely counting goals, not goal creation actions or assists. I know some people tend to mix in assists and uh, say that Meral guarantees you a goal uh, every game, effectively, because when you mix in his assists, it's under 90 minutes. And rightly so, deserve that he gets mentioned in that context as well. But uh, just purely on the goal scoring ratio, he's at 170 minutes. I think that um, around Europe, in terms of players who play regularly, only Robert Lewandowski is ahead of him. So yeah. is, is he the striker you want starting in the round of 16 uh, in the next next round, or, or is it Edin Dzeko? Well, first we have to see what what the deals with Dzeko because it seemed like he left that groin issue. So we might be 
uh, forced to play Meyer all game in game out going in the next few weeks, depending on Jekko, the extent of that, he kind of came off uh, not really grimacing, grimacing, but you could see kind of shook his head and, and kind of knew something was up when he came off. He looked a little disappointed um, and you saw him kind of, you know, had the groin wrapped up on the sideline. So hopefully he's okay because Roma does have a busy schedule coming up. Like we've mentioned uh, in, in March, but it's hard to keep Meyer on the bench. Um, you know, he's scoring at such a, a rate, you know, he added to that tally tonight. He, he makes those good runs, finds openings. Um, in terms of who starts the next round, I think it probably depends on the opponent, uh, how Fonseca wants to approach the match. Um, you know, and I think maybe it depends what matches the, that match is sandwiched between who do we play on the weekend? I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. So what if it's United? Do you, do you want Jekko for the big game experience or, or do you stick with Miro? So I think on the road, if they say go on the road, the first leg, I think you see Jekko. I think because I think Rome is going to try to play that counterattacking football on the road against the United, I, I would probably feel. Um, and I think they're going to want that experience factor. I think Jekko would be super motivated against a team like that, considering his yeah. Man City pass. His city, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if we're playing like one, if we draw one of the weaker teams that made it through um, Malde like Molde or one of those teams, or even if we see young boys again, then I think maybe it's a great match to, to give Pettis a chance to just run at those teams and, you know, beat those teams off the dribble maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll mention those big exits uh, later on in yeah. about 10 minutes or so, but uh, let's get to the key players. Not, not many people will mention it either tonight or tomorrow, but low key Bruno Perez racked up a game high five interceptions and was, was part of Roma still, uh, passing their play, 37% of it down that left wing. The majority of it still going at left wing. You know, whether it's Bruno Perez or Leonardo mm. Spirazola starting the game makes no difference. Roma love to work it down that left wing. So um, what do you make of Bruno Perez? I mean, just just a quick brief mention because there's only so much we can say about him. But, um, you know, do, do, does he retain your confidence? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact you mentioned that 37% possession uh, down the left wing, even without Spinazzola, speaks more to now we kind of have an idea that that's what Fonseca is looking for. It's not just because Spinazzola is there and Spinazzola has been so good this year. I think it's kind of, you know, maybe he likes to play a little more imbalanced down that left wing with the way his personnel sets up. Um, yeah. In terms of Pettis, I mean, I think he's been fine as, as a rotational um, backup left back, backup right back this year, occasional starter. Uh, you know, he's never going to live up to that big price tag he came over with to be that superstar right back. Um, the one we saw tear through I, I i'll never forget the run he made for torino against juve where he just tore down yeah. the, the pitch and you know that was kind of the goal that was like wow this guy's good um but you know he made his his toe save against Shakhtar and then uh went away for a bit and he's back and he's he's you know serviceable i don't unfortunately i don't think for him he'll be back next year uh, on a new contract but you know maybe if roma can't find someone on the market you know he he could do worse than him on another short-term deal as the backup to mm. Spinazzola and Karsdorp, I think, with those two emerging the way they have. Yeah. I, I, know you, I know you like Perez, so what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just, I, I give him credit when he plays well. That's, that's more or less where, mm-hmm. where it begins and ends with me. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of his right. game. Um, there's nothing he brings to the table where like I go, oh, I'm excited to see Bruno Perez next weekend. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh, he just does, you know, when he does things well, I think he just, he deserves his credit and, and like especially because of uh the pressure that maybe maybe he's to blame for the pressure he put himself under but nonetheless he's been under a lot of pressure a lot of scrutiny and to come out of that the other end and still be performing the way he is right now 
I think that speaks very, very much, very much to his character. So you know, that's, um, I'm I'm impressed with someone who can go through like the adversity he has and and still come out the other end and, and survive and play yeah. well. Yeah, you know? I agree. Um, the last fourteen months have been better than we could have expected for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about Gianluca Mancini? Are there any more superlatives we can throw his way? I mean, he's he's in very very smooth form the last few years. And yeah, he, he was oh. the second highest on the team tonight for, with three interceptions. Uh, kept things calm and composed at the back. What what more can we possibly say about Mancini that we haven't already said? I mean, I, I think it, it speaks volumes to how well Mancini's playing that Roma's been running him out as the only true center back, you know, outside mm. of Fazio on the weekend. Um, but in these mm. Europa League matches, basically he's been the only true center back on the pitch and they've been keeping clean sheets outside of Cristante's own goal in the 88th minute tonight, 87th minute, whatever it was. Um, so I think that that just speaks to his calming presence, how composed he is on the ball, off the ball. Um, and I think, you know, this little stretch is probably helping him grow even more as a defender because he's taking even more of the burden on himself. He doesn't have Smalling to look to or Ibanez or Kambula or any of those regular center backs. So I, I, I think it speaks volumes. You, you and I are both big fans of his and he continues to grow. Yeah, right. Uh, the guy behind him is uh, growing as well with maybe growing back into his old form. He said it himself and we've said it recently this past weekend um, is Paul Lopez. Tonight I noticed him openly communicating and giving his defense instructions on, on corners, keeping them alive and awake that, you know, that's like the Paolo Lopez of old, the guy who first came last season and, mm-hmm. and really like was vocal about learning his Hellion and, and keeping a constant line of, you know, open line of communication with his back line. So he really looks like, uh, you know, the, his confidence is really back. It's the real deal. What, what, what do you, did you see the same thing as I did or, did you not notice Lopez at all tonight? Yeah, I mean, from from the the bits that I saw, he looked, you know, he looked pretty secure. There was the one goal he saved that ended up being offside anyway, where he made a save. I know he came out well on another play, um, mm-hmm. and I think he's starting to regain that confidence because when you come out, you know, strong as a goalie, you have to be confident in yourself. Um, you know, he's he's not on you know Gigi Donnarumma's level right now. We're not going to say <laughs> he's he's world class or anything, but he is adding a sense of security back there. Uh, again, yeah. the only goal he gave up, I think it's now in the last five matches was an own goal. So, yeah. you know, I, I, that, that was he, the, if he can, the biggest if he shame. Can save, if he can save Brian Cristante's finishes, then he's really, he's really in that, <laughs> yeah. that world-class category. Cristante <laughs> finishes them well when he puts them in his own goal. Yes. Because <laughs> he's done yes. it a few times this year now. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I, I think both times he's done it, it hasn't cost us points, luckily. Um, uh, when uh, yeah, when Cristante's sure. done it, luckily. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I thought the biggest shame was giving up the goal so late, the own goal, because it, it ruined his clean sheet streak. Um, because mm-hmm. it's good to see him playing well. You know, he's a Roma player. They spent money on him. And, you know, as much as I'd love to see a Cranio or a Musso, if, if, if Lopez can do the job, so be it. We spent 20 million, you know, euros plus on him. So save the money for elsewhere yeah. if he can step it up. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, let's try and um, I, wanna, I want you to try and guess who Brent's going to put at the Sinners and Saints list for tomorrow, especially, well, Sinners, yeah, because it's easy to mention the Saints, but you know what? Who do we think that Carlos Perez is going to be top of the Saints first? Because he he came on for the final half an hour and he pretty much did everything right. Yeah, it was the best I've seen him play. Um, maybe maybe since he's been in Rome, it was definitely one of his better performances. Um, he ended up on who scored as man of the match with an 8.1 rating and just, you know, a half a play or so. Uh, yeah. The goal is beautiful. You're going to get that when you yeah, win a you penalty, mm-hmm. come up come up with a second assist and score a goal. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But um, even I saw him, you know, he drew a foul where he dribbled a couple guys, you know, dribbling in tight spaces. Those are the kind of things we want from him. That's what we thought we were getting from him. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a, a short sample size today. It's, you know, 40, less than 45 minutes, but uh, it's, it's encouraging we'll say, because yeah. we've been waiting for this from him. And these are the kind of matches you want to be able to play a Carlos Perez and rest players or, uh, you know, we play Fiorentina midweek after Milan. Maybe we don't need Pettis to start against Fiorentina, but maybe he can spell someone for 30, 40 minutes in the second half if we can get a 2, two, two nothing lead at the half or something. Uh, just mm-hmm. to regain Fonseca's trust, because guess what? Um, Nicolo Zaniolo is training again, uh, and if he comes back in April, <laughs> you know, he will immediately push Pettis to the side in the pecking order even is, more if Pettis doesn't do something to help himself. Is that is that the reason why Perez uh, showed up tonight? Could he, be. So Nico, <laughs> <laughs> could be. So Nico now, on the training pitch. Yeah, he's so, got so, El Shirari, you know, taking minutes away that could yeah. have potentially been his. And then he's got Zaniolo now starting to dribble and aiming he for saw, you know an April return. So he saw he saw the state of uh, Zaniolo's uh, cars and thighs yeah. this week. And, yeah, <laughs> I mean that, that's impressive for a guy who hasn't really worked out much in the past yeah. uh, eight months. His legs are still pretty jacked up. So yeah. Um, so yeah, is, is anyone beating Pellets for another match yesterday? Uh, sorry, today, or tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Since I'm saying, I think it's I think it's tough to to not name him man of the match with that performance. I think El Shirari will be a, a saint. He played well from what we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you mentioned. You know, we'll see if uh, maybe Pettis or Mancini make that list. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of sinner, I mean, who who would you really call a sinner in this match? VR uh, or was anybody that bad that you would put on the sinner list? Couldn't. Couldn't say, but I guess just purely for the virtue of the own goal, I'm guessing Cristante's on. Ah, yeah, yeah. That, that I forgot about that when thinking about that. Yeah, probably he'll get there for that. I think if Pellegrini didn't assist um, that Perez goal, maybe he that, gets there for the missed penalty. Yeah, yeah. So he he might get hard, the he but... might get in purgatory now. He might be in that stuck in the middle <laughs> category. Probably, yeah. That's a good call. Stuck in the middle for Lorenzo Pellegrini, and we forgot that penalty missed because I I'd rather forget it. So yeah, let's leave it at that. Uh, what's next for Roma? Uh, first of all, there's the the clash against Milan at home this weekend. But uh, will will Roma's priorities for the season change at all after the exits we saw tonight, Steve? We, we saw Napoli win against Granada at home tonight, but lose on aggregate. We saw Leicester City dumped out by Slavia Prague. Slavia Prague didn't even concede a, a single goal to Leicester. But Jenkins Under, where are you? Where are you, Jenkins? Um, and Bayer Leverkusen were beaten by, as you mentioned, young boys, the other uh, contender from Roma's group game, uh, group phase. So um, does this affect Roma's chances or, or is that, uh, sorry, their priorities, obviously their, their chances of winning the Europa League go up from whatever it was before, but uh, do Roma start to take Europa League more seriously or is it just purely focused on Serie A? I think, I mean, based on what he said, Fonseca seems to be taking it fairly seriously because he probably knows if we're going to, you know, besides finishing top four, I think a, a, a good run in the Europa League would probably help his cause in keeping his job. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those those one-off tournaments where you can fi- get a team at the right time or other teams knock each other off and you might get a decent path to the final and maybe you can finally win a trophy for a, a club that hasn't won a trophy in over a decade now. Um, so I think, I think Roma will take it seriously. Um, I still think the league is probably the priority. Uh, if like he has to, you know, if they're playing United and then the next match they're playing, I don't know, three days later, they're playing, I don't, I don't know how the schedule shakes out, but maybe like Napoli, I think comes up like pretty soon in four or five weeks. Yeah. Then I think, you know, Napoli is the priority in terms right. of turnover. 
maybe even Lazio, which would yeah. be obvious. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't see any reason why Roma shouldn't at least try to go for it. You know, if you get smacked around in the first leg by a United or something, maybe then you go with more <laughs> of a, a reserve laden lineup. And, you know, I don't want to see them do that to United. We've, we've had a pass to that, but um, just yeah. United as an example, because they're probably the biggest team left in the tournament. But I, I think Roma should go for it. And seeing teams like Napoli, Leicester, Leverkusen, like you mentioned, drop out of it, um, you know, can only increase Roma's chances of, yeah. of advancing. Yeah. Okay. Well, on the domestic front, as we said, it's all about this weekend. It's about Roma uh, welcoming a Serie A rival to the Olympico. It's AC Milan uh, who lost their, their lead at the top of the table. And they also so nearly lost tonight against the 10 men mm-hmm. Red Star Belgrade. Uh, they limped through on away goals at the end. Only a Frank Kessier penalty saved them in the end. And so no goals from open play. Um, they had about five of their 11 uh, starting 11 tonight were regulars that we, we figure on seeing at the weekend against Roma. So, Steve, very briefly, as we've reached half an hour now, what, what is Milan's mindset headed into the weekend and what is Roma's mindset? I think uh, the only issue I have is that Roma has those injuries in defense and having to deal with Ibrahimovic because other than that, this is the perfect time to play Milan based on their current form. I mean, I didn't get to watch either of their games against Red Star, but obviously not very good to to concede three goals and only win on away goals uh, in a 3-3 finish. And I think they were up a man both of those matches and still couldn't pull out a win. Um, And, you know, I watched the Derby on Sunday morning and Inter just took it to Milan. Milan looked like a mess outside the 10 minutes where Handanovic kind of stood on his head to open the second half. It was all Inter. Um, You know, Roma doesn't have a Lukaku that's so explosive at striker, big, strong, can do everything. Um, yeah. but Roma has a lot of attacking talent, you know, a Mkhitaryan can, can take it to that team. Um, you know, Lukaku made Romagnoli look pedestrian, not that Romagnoli is world-class defender, but he is, you know, one of the more highly considered Italian center backs at this time. He's in the national team rotation. Him and yeah. Kyer did not look good. Um, you know, we know Pioli's track record, uh, with Inter and some of these other clubs where he starts well, and then he kind of loses this, the, the script a bit, uh, partway yeah. through the year. And this seems like so it you, could be that time for Milan. Okay. So Especially you if Roma could like, beat them. So you reckon this is the trademark, like Pioli, you know, like says stall where, where he's, he's on his way out of the club, basically, because the results would only go down from here. I'm not betting the house on it because, you know, <laughs> uh, Milan's been fairly resilient, especially with injuries this year. When uh, when Ibra was out, when Kaya was out, you know, they they, they survived Ibra, you know, during COVID and other injuries this year. Uh, yeah. But they're starting to show some kinks in the armor. And yeah. I, their, their psyche has to be down a bit right now. Their confidence has to be down because the Spezia match, Spezia took it to them. Spezia played very well. I caught, I caught a bunch of that match. Um, I think it held Milan with no shots on goal. And then to see a team like Red Star, who's, you know, yeah, they have a name value from the past, but they're not a good team now to, to take yeah. them to aggregate um, and then to get demolished by Inter. They have to be coming in fairly low in confidence. I think the important thing for Roma will be not to concede early um, mm-hmm. so that they can dictate terms of this match. Sure. And at home, Roma tends to do that. So hopefully they'll come out strong and Roma will dictate play and, you know, t- take the pressure off of the center backs. Kambula might be back, but he's the only one. So you might be looking at Kambula. Um, Cristante Mancini could be enough to contain Milan with, with the way Mancini's been playing. Fair enough. All right. I'll put you on the spot. Give me a, a predicted scoreline. I'm going to go 2-1 Roma. 2-1. Who scores for Milan? Uh, Ibrahimovic. 
<laughs> it's the it's the of easy course. out, but um, I feel like he could give us problems if he gets in a matchup. Uh, like you said in the last episode, if he makes it into a ground game with Cristante, Cristante could have some issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. You I'll, know, I'll, I'll I'll go free one runner, and I think that Teranoglu will get the Milan goal, probably from a free kick or a set piece. Or something. Oh, he was taking a lot of heat from the the Milanisti and a couple of podcasts I listened to because he was very poor on Sunday. So he might oh, be yeah. motivated, but he he wants seven and a half million, and I don't think Milan wants to pay him that after the way he's been playing. So you know, oh, okay. we're not so the ones might, that give him this contract. Just, he might as well just tank the game then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's that's it from us uh, on this Thursday evening. But uh, be sure to join us. We'll be back next Monday on a regular slot after the the the, the taking apart the the whatever result happens after the Roma Milan game. Uh, but until then, you can always catch us on all the major networks as usual, and you can visit kzdotti.com. Visit us in the forum, leave your comment, or find us on Twitter at kzdotti. Until then, bye for now. Bye.